Welcome to Nana Tings. On today's episode, we are going to get into all things empathy. So this year has been a wild ride for me, discovering a lot about my mental health and a lot about who I am as a human. And I discovered this one book, and it's the Survival Guide to Being an Empath. Um, it's by Judith Orloff, and she has absolutely just changed my mind. I really hope that. Uh, she will listen to this if I tweet her it. <laughs> uh, thank you, Judith, so much. It, it, this book for me has been literally a empath Bible. Now, for people that don't know what empathy is, empathy, I understand you learn this in school and stuff where it's like, okay, being sympathetic is understanding someone else's problems and empathetic is, you know, someone taking on someone else's problems. But scientifically, we are actually humans with more neurons in our body that actually mirror the emotions of people that we are close to and around us, even strangers. So with that being said, this is a scientific proven thing to have. And I don't even want to label it as a feeling because empathy does take over your body. Um, for me, I, I believe it's a superpower. Uh, I am very intuitive due to it. I, I'm very self-aware due to it. Uh, I, I could feel things in a higher consciousness being, which is insane to me, especially when I meditate. And with that being said, I learned a lot. I learned that there are physical empaths. Like for example, one of my good friends, she literally will get like knots in her neck and like clots in her body when she feels so tense and she feels other people fighting around her. It just, her body like literally absorbs the negative energy. Then you have obviously your emotional empath, right? You have someone that is gonna take on a friend's pain or sickness. And sometimes, you know, with a physical empath, like say it was a husband taking on a wife's um, like stomach ache or something, like that's possible, which blows my mind learning about that. Then we have something that like I also relate to, you have the relationship and sexual empath. And for me, as a hopeless romantic and as someone that is always, um, you know, like I, I'm a big believer in love and I, I, I'm not afraid of dating, sexual empath really hit home for me because sexual empaths, it's really hard to have a one night stand. We need to feel safe. We need to uh, know the person. And we, you know, because the thing is, like, as a sexual empath, I am going to take on your negative and positive energy or whatever trauma you were going through by sleeping with you. When two bodies become one, we are sharing aura vibrations and I am taking in everything. I've had moments this year where, for example, I had a one night stand of a few months ago and it, I, I, got, I got home and I, I felt so depleted. Like, I was crying in the shower. I, I just felt like there was something so like not me. I just, I felt, I, I didn't know who Antonio was. And I, and, and I, you know, reading Judas book, I was like, oh my God, like these situations that I've done before and made me feel so worthless and, and humanless uh, is in this book. <laughs> and then another really cool point that I, I love that she talks about is like the intuitive you know, empath. Like all empaths I believe are intuitive, right? But you have your levels of it, right? You have mediumship, uh, with precognitive thoughts and premonitions. Uh, you have uh, your animal empaths that can honestly feel what, what it, uh, their pet's going through. Uh, you have an earth empath where that hit home with me too because an earth empath, you can... You, it, it's sort of like, you know when people say they have seasonal depression, right? Where like, it, I mean, it is a thing. Like in the winter, you get a little bit more sad and then in the summer, you get a little bit more happy. Um, for sure, like when it is like crazy outside and like windy and stormy, 
I'm, my brain fog is for real, for real, for real. Like, I I just, I feel like the claw's outside. <laughs> and uh, there's just so much. There's, you know, with, with intuitive, being an intuitive empath, it, it's not just, you know, the earth, the planets, and, and premonitions, and, and uh, spirits, and, you know, talking to uh, higher consciousness. There's also uh, energy. You could feel... Uh, you could feel someone like I, I talked to my previous podcast about my ex and I could feel his energy sometimes when you have a, a human connection with someone specifically you there's this kind of like I don't know how to describe it but Judith gave an exercise in the book where like you pretend you have this core that's connected to them and you literally cut it you imagine you imagine taking scissors and cutting the cord of the connection of a past relationship right because we are so connected. Like I had one friend the other day where I literally texted her and was like, keep your vibe up. And she was like, how do you know I'm like in an end mood? I'm like, I could just feel you from miles away. And I talked about this in my, the last podcast too, where I, I believe it's a blessing and a curse sometimes because being an empath, it's like sometimes I don't want to take on other people's shit. And it's really, really hard sometimes to like, you know, not do that uh but at the same time it's so beautiful to like feel these feelings and know what my mom's going through or my brother and or be empathetic towards my friends and also like be empathetic to myself like life's hard for everyone right like there's moments in life that are going to be fucking rocky and and being an empath like sometimes i take things on double strong right and so i need to understand that like it's okay on my standpoint like it's fine and I'm a part of her Facebook group, and it was really cool to hear, I will see some of these people say that it's so cool that I'm 29 and I'm able to understand my powers and empath because a lot of people realize they're an empath when it's, not I me, mean, I'll say too late, but like later on in life where they wish, you know, they knew it, pre-marriage, kids, yada, yada, yada. And I, I am thankful for that. Um, my mom is an empath, she's 52, and I think she knew for a while she's an empath, but I, I feel like if she had this information that Judith wrote when she was 22 or even my age 29, she definitely would have less struggles than she has now. Uh, I'll get more into uh, the struggles and everything after the break because I really want to get into like some savior complex that could happen, um, induced anxiety that can happen, uh, some practices that Judith talks about like you know grounding, visualization, shielding. Uh, meditations uh, and also my personal practice but going back into the uh, being an empath and you know all these different sites to it and being intuitive and whatnot obviously every empath is special though right there are some empaths I know that don't really un like they're not you know in touch with like the dead or the unknown right like that mediumship but then I have some empath friends where like just standing on the earth ground barefoot will rejuvenate their soul now another thing that she talks about is like how you knew you were an empath or like signs as a child. Now, I remember my mom always telling me these stories being like, oh my God, every time I brought like Tony here and here, they always be like, oh my God, your son is so quiet. Like, why is he so quiet? I remember being like four or five where like, we would go to CVS for example, and like go buy chocolate or something. And I wouldn't even speak. Like I was so overly stimulated as a kid that I just, I would rather be quiet and observe and have an internal dialogue granted like I couldn't even speak full sentences at that age but like I knew what I was feeling than speak to someone. And then I like look back after reading this chapter and I start 
thinking about all the moments I had as a kid. I was like, oh my God, I've been an MF my whole life. Cause like, obviously you're born with a double neurons and you know, it, it's sort of, I'm never like this with coming out, which it may sound like a weird analogy, but for me, this is how it works. Like when you realize you're gay, right? You know that you were born gay, right? You don't just choose to be gay. So you look back at all your, 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 you know, your gay, um, let me just say your gayness and not in fact because I am gay, but like, I, you know, when I came out to myself at, I realized I was gay at 19 and came out to my mom at 22, I had these flashbacks of like liking Lance Bass at the age of seven, wanting to be Britney Spears at the age of six, like having a crush on the boy in a teenage movie at 12, like, you know, staring at a guy thinking he was cute at 15. And I was like, oh my God, this whole time I, what I was born gay, but society had me suppress it, you know, like it sucks, but like, that's what happens. And empathy is the same thing. Reading this book and learning about it, uh, I had flashbacks and I was like, my whole fucking life has been an empathy. Those times I cried in high school where not even just bullying, I just felt, I felt energies of people staring at me and stuff. And I felt so intimidated. Um, the moments of like not wanting to speak even at the age of seven or eight. The moments of canceling plans with friends in high school, lying, saying that my mom grounded me just so I could stay in and watch a movie with her and my brother and not be around energy because I felt overstimulated all day at school. And then I even go till today. There's moments where people are like, hey, are you all right, Tony? Like, you're, you're spaced out. What's going on? And I'm like, yeah, I. It, it's like what Judith said in the book. I don't want to be alone. I want to be left alone. And I'm learning. I've been like that forever. Like, there's sometimes I go home, right? Because some of us empaths, you know, water rejuvenates us. Like my mom lives in a beach town where I'm from. Going home alone is so rejuvenating because her energy calms me down. The house where I've been growing up, well, at least living in the past few years, calms me down. And then being on the beach calms me down. And for me, I, I just, I, I look back at all these, these memories and I'm like, wow, like why was I canceling plans with people because I was overstimulated and like, why am I feeling so grounded or, or why, you know, people always thought like, oh my God, he's being quiet and he's in his head. Like even, I even had a, a friend a few months ago, like I was working with and they were like, is something wrong today? You're so quiet. And for me, it's like, no, like I, I just, I need like five minutes just in my head and like rejuvenate because the overstimulation is too much, you know? And I hope my fellow empaths that are listening to this understand or like, you know, maybe you guys went through the same thing I went through where like sometimes it's just like, it's a lot, right? So you have to sort of just like, you know, space out a little bit and like tune your body back in. Also, so going back, we're going home. So like home calms me down. My mom used to say back then before she learned about her empathy. And she was like, you come home to visit me yet you don't speak a word to me and you sit in the same room um, as me. And I, I told her the other day after reading this, I was like, mom, it makes so much sense. I was like, your energy is comforting to me, but I don't need to have a conversation with you. It's like what the book says. I, I want to be left alone. I don't want to be alone. Having you in the same room is, is healing my energy, but I don't need to entertain someone. I, I, I don't need to have a conversation. I just want to watch TV peacefully in my own being. And, you know, growing up, I always thought, I was like, well, am I weird for doing that? Like, why am I like that? Why am I super sensitive? Like, you know, da, da, da. And I'm realizing, I'm like, oh my God, it's just, it's my recharged time, you know? Uh, it's so funny reading this and, and learning, like, and this is like what a lot of people go through. And this is like, you know, empathy is so, it, it, it's a thing. And I am very blessed to know this at, at this age and... I'm excited to share my knowledge with people that don't even know their empaths yet, you know? Uh, but stay tuned, we're gonna have 
more coming up with some confusions with empathy and diving in more into it. And we will be back to more tings after this break. Don't forget to check out my new book, Falling Angel, Rise in Phoenix, available at Barnes & Nobles, Amazon, Target, and Kindle. A controversial topic that I want to get into is the savior complex. Now, in my previous episode about relationships and friendships, I talked about how sometimes I give people like five to 25 chances and I get manipulated in backstep sometimes. And I've been talking to my therapist about this and just also self-awareness. I've always known I had this sort of complex about me where I would take on someone I think is like let's say for example new to the gay scene which i've had friends that i've done that for or someone that i just know that has been through a lot of shit and i could see myself in them you know i did not have the best upbringing i went through a lot a lot of crazy shit as a kid and a lot of growing up i had to do really quick you know a lot of independence i had to learn at the age of like 12 and um i don't know i you know, I was in this support group and someone said codependency. And, and for me, it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not shading on anyone that is codependent or someone that, you know, needs to like, you know, have codependency for their addictions and stuff. Like, I'm not discrediting that. But for me, I know it's not codependency. I am very uh, aware and I'm very confident in who I am. And I, I actually love my independent energy too as a human, especially as an empath. I need to block it out sometimes from people. And when I realize that I've been used this whole time, I have to walk away. And so savior complex, it's it's controversial because there's layers, right? Like savior complex could be a lot. It could be someone that is codependent, right? It could be also someone that is a narcissist that thinks they could save everyone because they're not happy with themselves, right? It could be someone where they built their self-esteem so much and they grew to be a person, but at the same time, they think their mission is to like help everyone out. I'm a little bit mixture of someone that was damaged growing up that I'm finally figuring my shit out. So I want to pass the knowledge, but then combining that with feeling everyone's pain, especially my friends, and then feeling like I need to be their Superman. And then once I'm exhausted and manipulated by it, I have to walk away. And for me, the savior complex is more so like I've had people in my life where they just moved here, they had no friends, you know, and they sort of, I guess, like used me as their transition into uh, making a bigger friend group. Like I talk to my friend and her and I joke about it all the time. They're like, if you want to be new to the city, hit up Tony, you know, 101, he'll help you out, find a group, which is true. Because like I, me being an open human, being vulnerable, being an empath, I, I'm all about being inclusive, right? I'm all about, hey, come through, you have no friends, let me show you a good time, let me introduce you to these people, yada, yada, yada. And I've learned that like, I've gotten close with these friends sometimes because in my previous podcast too, I talked about how sometimes I always thought people had to be my best friend, that I couldn't just have friends or acquaintances. And I started getting hurt by it because it felt to me that like they were using me, which in a sense they were because right, like I'm bringing them in, we're getting really, really tight, we're hanging out daily, they're in my friend clique, they're in my main core, and then a year later when they have new friends, I'm nobody to them, you know? It's a little hurtful, especially me with my emotions, like, it's a little fucked up. But I've learned that I can't do that anymore. I can't, like, I, I just, I can't, I can't welcome in a, a committee anymore and then 
you know, be used and hurt by that and neglected. Then my second thing is also just friends that are like wounded. Friends that are wounded, you know? And now I'm I'm not saying like, you know, these people are super damaged or anything, but I've had friends where like I've gotten so close and I, I mentioned this yet again in a previous episode about relationships and friendships where due to COVID and people's lives slowing down and not being so busy, especially living in a metropolitan area, I believe that a lot of us are starting to see like what has always been true colors and what I think was always there of people's personalities and characteristic traits, but we were so busy in our own lives, like trying to fit in sleep and work and all this stuff that we never really realized, like, do we really get along with this person or, you know, are, are they are they problematic? And now we're finally realizing this, right? So with a savior complex and, and empathy combination, I sometimes take on that mother-father role of like, or like the big uncle role where like, I'm at a party and like, I need to make sure um, everyone is okay and all together. Or I have to you know, you know, if someone's fighting, I have to jump in and mediate and be like, okay, well, this person didn't say this or like see this person's side. Like try to always try to be like a devil's advocate, right? Where I'm trying to see both sides of each friend and then under, and then letting the friend understand both sides to the argument. But I'm learning like no one told me to do that role, right? But at the same time, my friends started to expect me to do that all the time because it became habitual. And what I'm trying to go here with empathy and savior complex and the reason why it's so controversial, I think being an empath does lead to increased uh, uh, moments of having savior complex because as an empath, if I see two friends fighting, right? If I don't use a shielding visualization you know, technique that Judith talks about, I'm gonna get hit with the wave of fighting, especially yelling. Like I know me as an empath, like yelling, throws me the f off like if someone's yelling around me i shut down like when i have a partner and we fight i i'd rather walk out of the room and let you calm down and talk because i just i get so flustered you know so as an empath if i see two friends fighting i'm like fuck okay everyone else is on an empath in this group everyone's just sitting there eating popcorn watching the dramatics i'm over here feeling like i'm getting punched in the face three times i have to stop it and then it's becoming a thing where then it becomes habitual being like, okay, well, if there's drama, then Tony's going to fix this. Or if this is that, then Tony's going to do that. And then at one point I get so freaking drained because then I take on the role, which I'm not saying it's their fault. Like it's as an empath, it's also my choice to either not get hit by the energy or let the energy control me and then become this like mediator. And with that being said too, I've had friends in the past that I recently had to stop talking to because I realized I was taking on their problems for them and I was trying to fix them by being that supportive friend because they would show growth and I'd be like, okay, like you're doing a good job. I got you. I'll keep supporting you. And then they either go like, they'll go like four steps forward and then eight steps back. And then while they're going back, they're dragging you with it, throwing you into the flames. And I'm learning like, I get hit harder with simulation, period, right? And when a friend is manipulating me and walking all over me and throw me in the fire, it's going to burn me twice as much than a normal person. And I'm learning that I can't do this anymore. I am so over having such a good heart and having vulnerability and being inclusive to people and strangers that they manipulate and have no fucking problem gaslighting. They have no problem projecting and they have no problem using and complaining. And I, 
I don't know if other empaths that are listening go through this, but I, I believe that a savior complex is more than just codependency, and I believe it's more than just you being damaged. I believe some empaths have it because we are good people that just want to help the people in our lives. Point blank, period. And savior complex happens when you just take it an extra step. You go from helping to trying to heal so much that you start, you stop taking self-care yourself and then you start getting so drained and then that's when the relationship really ends because you realize, whoa, I was either walked over or this is not satisfying and it's becoming toxic and isn't affecting my spirit. But yeah, uh, that is definitely um, something I've been really, really working on and trying to figure out like why I am the way that I am. And But as I learn more about my empath powers, I'm learning that like, I don't have to save the world, you know? I could help, I could help people. I could help guide friends, give them advice as a friend should, but I don't have to save anyone. Oh, love. <laughs> so I guess the next topic I'll talk about with just like what I've gone through with being an empath is love. Um, where to start? I love to love and I love hard, you know, um, I, you, you, this sort of like correlates with the whole savior complex I was talking about, because when you love, you really, you're, you're passionate about it, right? Like you put so much love into something, whether it's, you love your job, you love your kids, you know, you love your partner, you love yourself. And I feel like us empaths sometimes have a hard time with love because we, give it our all and how I was saying before like there are relationship and sexual empaths where we we feel our partner's needs and, and, and you know we feel their pain I know sometimes I would feel if my partner was anxious or stressed out and what would suck is I I, I would take it on right away and it it's hard because you sort of have to like warn your partner if they're not an empath and let them know like hey I I don't want to be alone. I want to be left alone. You know, I I'm talking about this too, where you could be in a room with someone and like their energy could be like so relaxing for you, but you just want to have your own time. You know, you want to like zone out a little bit, like, but you want to be left alone, not alone. And I have that a lot with my friends, like with my roommate, like we'll hang out in the same room, but I won't talk to him for a few hours because I'll just be doing my own thing. But his energy comforts me. But at the same time, I want to be left alone, right? And I remember my partner, my recent partner, didn't understand that at first and seemed like, oh my God, like he, you know, he wants to break out with me and doesn't want to be around me. And it's like, no, it's like, I like my personal space, right? I I, I want to make sure that I, I love myself and I'm, I'm having, you know, practicing self-care. But with that also being said, it's because if I'm around my partner so much, I start taking on their energy and pain. And... Judith talks about something so, so relatable, sharing a bed. <laughs> now, I love how she talks about how and some empaths, we don't sometimes want to share our bed daily with our partners, and that's normal. Sometimes we really do need our own better moment because we will be taking on their energy so much. And that's also another thing that like I, I know a partner and a few partners I've had in the past, like not understand about me being like, okay, like he could sleep with me for like two days in a row. And then by day three or four, he's exhausted. Yeah. Because when I'm sleeping, it's really hard to do like any kind of practices or shielding because I am feeling your energy. And if you're, especially if you're in a bad day, you're fighting with someone, I am going to fucking feel that so much that I wake up exhausted. I would have like nine, eight hours, quote unquote, of sleep. 
uh, and I would still wake up so tired. And I just, I don't know, it, it's really funny thinking about empathy and love because it's like, it's so complex, man. It's like taking on someone's, you know, energy and problems to cutting off the cord. There's an exercise that Judith talks about, like past relationships or people that you're tied to that you don't want to be anymore. You have to uh, imagine a line and cutting the cord and not, you know, being with them anymore, connected to their energy and also, you know, caring too much for someone, which that could also lead to the savior complex. And we just feel a lot, but at the same time, it is a blessing because we feel love. Like it's so beautiful because it really inspires me to write poetry and inspires me to do these pet podcasts. Like we feel fucking love. And I love that about us. I love that we can feel so deeply and, and, you know, and be intuitive and everything. Um, yeah, I just want to talk about that quickly because it's really, it's beautiful to feel it. And another thing about like the sexual empath where, you know, I, that's why I can't do these one night stands. Uh, I get so connected to someone that if, if it's meaningless sex, I, I feel depleted and, and, I feel like an energy vampire just like sucked me dry and I, I feel worthless. Like I've had moments of crying and asking who I am and what I'm doing when I went through like a hoe phase. And for me, it's one of those things where it's like, why was I putting myself, you know, through this body trauma of feeling a partner's pain or stranger's pain that I didn't even know. But at the same time, I didn't understand I was an empath fully yet or, you know, my sexual empath powers. And now I realize that like, for me, it's like having meaningful sex and having a connection with someone is more romantic and intimate and more satisfying for my energy than going having a one night sinks and I'm just going to feel really depleted about that you know I love love and I want meaningful sex and uh, I think it, it really does all tie in like Judith says and uh, yeah that's that's my little rant about love a few more things that I'm discovering as an empath is uh, power manifestation I think it's really cool since we are highly sensitive humans I believe that we are tapping into more percent of our brain, right? Uh, with our mirror neurons and us feeling energies, vibes, however you want to word it. Um, it it's really cool when you're asking the universe and having this law of attraction. And I don't know if other empaths out there that are listening, um, if you play with metaph metaphysical properties, like I've been using stones. I just did another podcast episode on this and how like lapis for me is like really helpful because it sort of helps me with like remind myself with self-awareness and going into more of my intuition. And the thing about empathy is like, it's hard to be intuitive sometimes because you could take on someone's emotions. Like for example, I was with my friend the other day and she was having like an anxiety moment and I started getting like this overwhelming feeling. And I had to scan my body. And Judith has talked about this before too, like scanning what is not yours. And I do an exercise called like return to sender. And I did it and it actually worked. Like. I returned the emotion to her and I felt so calm. I went to my room, had me time before I went back to her and I felt so amazing that it, it's, it's so powerful to like own this power and really just like own in on it, you know? And playing with these stones, I think they, they show you, I, I believe they're powerful because they come from the earth, but they, they remind us that we have this power, right? They remind us that we're able to do like a uh, hemocyte, for example, is grounding, especially like when I'm on the train or something and I get a lot of energy from people. I, I need to remember my visual visualization of my aura shield, right? And sometimes, you know, it's hard if you're getting overstimulated and the stones help you. And then now 
reminding you to stay grounded and not be affected by people. And now without the stones, I'm able to do it. That's really cool. And then speaking about this guy, I was just talking about love. Uh, I met some really cool people and I, I think my other empaths out there can relate to this too, where I can't believe I actually met some cool people lately that feed my soul. And when I say feed my soul, I mean like I've been crying all week because I I had a weird few months where like I lost some friends and us empaths also know that too, right? There'll be a lot of narcissist people in our, in our lives, a lot of drama king and queens, people that play the victim card as partners or friends that will use us. And I went through that for a few months and I had to cut them off. And this was crazy because this was like literally a 180 and I met people that were just so genuinely nice. And I'm not talking about like the kind of narcissists where like you could see that they're just being fake nice. Like intuitive wise, I felt so safe, like my soul. And also talking about like sex energy when I said about being a sexual empath, like my sex energy alone felt so safe. And I think I'm starting to learn between like meditations, manifestation and exercises, how to start learning to trust your gut feeling, even when it comes to sex stuff or or hangouts, anything, right? That will drain your energy. And it's really empowering. And this is why I'm adding this part to this podcast because I really think it's cool to tap into this realm, this quantum physics, you know, this realm that like, us empaths are already tapped in, you know, we're, we're already there. Like we have people that, you know, empaths are mediums, um, we're portals, right? We we can see things, like we understand what animals are going through. We understand what the universal energy in the earth is going through, plants, you know, it, uh, friends, partners. And I, I just sort of want to close out with that, that I think I'm learning, I am blessed and lucky to be young enough to learn this, you know, my mom's an empath and I know she knew the stuff that she knew, that I knew at her, like when she was my age, you know, life would have been a little bit easier for her. Uh, It it just, it's really cool now to know also like what future partner I want, like what love I deserve, right? Um, Not to be used. And these exercises are really key, like the visualizing of your shield, uh, scanning your body to return of sender and really cutting off the cord, uh, especially with partners that have used us. And we're, you know, we're still such nice people that we want to reach out and make sure they're okay. Um, and the savior complex is another big thing. I'm glad I went over that. And I'm still a growing human, so I feel like I may make another podcast episode over this. I just think it's freaking cool to, like, learn about this about myself and, like, learn my limits and, like, learn my... Um, my boundaries with myself and other people and it's really cool to be a part of like a Facebook group and a part of a community of people that get me and I just want to say for everyone listening uh, especially my empaths it is beautiful to have a really big heart and it is beautiful to share so much emotion and to love just protect yourself create boundaries but don't be afraid to continue being kind love you all and just want to spread joy and really good energy Talk to you later on Nana Tings.